been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. We're going to do a song from a few years back that uh, actually was one of the first tunes in the 60s that was thrown off the air by the FCC. We're real proud of that. I'm Bill Swirla. Today, God whispers up in smoke, I guess you could say. (laughs) The up in smoke edition. (laughs) We're going to be talking about uh, the legalization of marijuana, what Christians uh, should do and think with this, and a whole raft of other stuff. I've been, uh, in the past, I've been saying what we're going to talk about, and we never get to it, so I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, we do have some email and some other good stuff that we'll get to during the show. But, and we have the Sons of Champlin. That's right. And uh, just just get mellow. And listen to the God Whispers. <laughs> Great soundboard <laughs> technique there, wasn't it? Get Getting mellow here with the God Whispers. This is We're going to do a song. Oh, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> you can play it again. I was, <laughs> I was about to admire my t- technical prowess there, and then I hit the button again. That's, that's easy to do on a touchscreen. By the way, that song recommendation comes from uh, our <laughs> favorite Old Testament professor, Paul. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you wanted to divulge the, uh, the source uh, of We're going to leave. We're going to leave him on a first name, first name basis here but i, I we, we will i'll get to that in uh when we get to the mailbag how's that that sounds good how's that so we've introduced ourselves uh do you want to do a little housekeeping because yeah, we tend to it. forget that all right so the, the housekeeping. hotline we we are uh, pre-recording this program because as this plays uh on worldwide kfo uh but not on pirate christian radio at this hour i am currently god willing Signing my paperwork to take possession of my new home. Oh, congratulations, in Missouri! Oh, Thank you're gonna, you. you are going to be a homeowner once again. Landowner, a I land. Am, uh, uh, you can own I, land. I, yes, work, I will be able. To, are you going to uh, work the land? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to work the land now. Is that <laughs> it? You're going to have a. Are you going to have uh, a garden? Are you going to Are you going to live like farm to table? We have about. Uh, 0.2 acres. Oh. I think your lot is actually a little bigger than what we're dealing with. I'm not not sure. that much. Not that much bigger, though. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I went for a small lot because I don't want to be mowing like three acres. No, nah, you're you're, you're not you're not a real hands-on homeowner, are you? I'm I'm getting old. I want low maintenance. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm, so I'm so you're going to be hiring that mow, blow, and go service uh, to take care I, you of your lot. Uh, with as small as the yard is, it's probably about. Yeah, you have 50 feet deep and 80 feet wide. I can probably go out there and mow that. Gonna, do, you, do you own a lawnmower? 
I will. Oh. I'm sure. Hey, nothing, nothing, nothing says spring like the smell of Briggs and Stratton. I'm, I'm telling you, the the <laughs> that smell of fumes and cut grass. I mean, I I, I tear up just thinking about it. You know, I, I grew up with uh, one of those push reel mowers. Oh yeah, my That's my dad was real big on. Those are coming back again with the environmental people, and um and then then for the longest time uh, the the corded electric. And the the fun thing about a corded electric lawnmower is not running over the cord, which right. I, I did a couple of times in my my uh, lawn mowing career. Did uh, you sever the cord or? Oh yeah, or not? oh yeah, yeah. There was there was severage and sparks too. It's it's really quite quite the uh, remarkable thing when when the uh, when the cord gets severed. <laughs> makes me makes me want to go out and get one now. Uh, so. yeah. Well now now they're on the uh, battery rechargeable which which isn't always that good. The the those batteries don't hold well, they're, they're getting better but but uh the real kind are very cool but you have to have the right kind of grass for that too. Yeah. So yeah. but do you, do you have a preferred uh, brand? You know, I have a yard machine which is a, a Home Depot house brand. Ah. Uh but it's got a it it's got a Briggs and Stratton on top of it and uh that does that has been a really good lawnmower. Uh totally maintenance free. I even flooded it. Not only with gas but with water. And uh just opened her up, dried it out, fired it up, good as new. I mean that thing is indestructible. So uh you know, but um a lot of good mowers out there. Just Get one that um, get one that's easy to start. <laughs> that's all. So I don't know if I gave the phone number or not. Six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen, which spells Manly Doctors thirteen, Manly Durs thirteen. We haven't been getting a whole lot of calls lately on the hotline. Well, yeah, have we ever gotten a lot of calls in the hotline? Well, you know, it's been. Streaky. What kind of person would leave a Skype call for a show called The God Whispers? Although I have to say that that between that and the eight hundred number, which may or may not be in operation, it isn't because this is a this is not a live show today. Um. We would really encourage a dialogue. We 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 we'll take any question. No no nope. no theological question too bizarre for the God whispers. <laughs> you beat me to it. No question too bizarre or too short or or yeah no this we we are not afraid of the issues. Uh, there we, are some we may questions never, that are too long though. We are we're not afraid of the issues, etc. So we and say stuff that's, and stuff. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and I'm really not afraid of issues, etc. So. Um, the uh, mothership is godwhispers.org. You can type .com and watch the redirect, which is kind of fun if you have nothing else to do in your life. But um, And then you can email us, which we do get lively email, and I have a few, uh, at godwhispers at gmail.com, godwhispers at gmail.com. But uh, please visit the uh, website. That's kind of the archive. Of, that is the archive of all the shows. Back to show number one. You know, uh, this is I, this is show number two hundred fifty three. I can't believe we've wow. been doing this, and nobody has taken us off to jail. I feel, given the <laughs> the adult nature of this program, we adult need to, nature, we need to issue oh! a homeschooler alert. The following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Attention! <laughs> the following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Attention! The following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Haven't heard that so, in a while. 
Yes, uh, I. That is a, a warning to homeschoolers. <laughs> that either either guard your children's ears, either or bring, them, bring in them in, or get rid of them. You decide. You are the parent. You have to make those decisions. But if you feel that they you, need to learn about the ways of the world, yeah. it's time to bring them in. You have been forewarned. I, I'm told that there are children who actually have learned the homeschooler alert and come flocking in the minute they hear it. <laughs> so it's kind of counterproductive. Um, Yes, I, I referred to... Well, let's go to the mailbag, shall we? Let's. The God Whisperer's Mailbag, brought to you not by Denver, Colorado, and their marijuana shops, but by someone else. All right. Um, the opening, that opening segment, the uh, Let's Get High, or no, it's just Get High, by the Sons of Champlin, came to us from our favorite... Beloved, esteemed Old Testament prof Paul, who writes... Let me give one more hint there. His tests were murder. Oh, they were. There you go. He writes, Bill, I just heard your Epiphany show, which I enjoyed very much. Then I heard this song for the first time, and I wondered if you or Craig had heard it, maybe a bootlegged version that reminds me of the uh, BS&T style. That's blood, sweat, and tears for all of you born after 1980. Do you think it has a hidden meaning? Just thinking, is it really about drugs? It appears to be a historic thing, the first to be banned by the FCC. How long is the list? Is it off the band list now? If so, what other gems will become uncensored? Is there a resurgence of the 60s going on, he asks. <laughs> well, I hope it's not still banned by the FCC because we're, we're playing we it just played the it. waves. We so, just played uh, it. Now, I, I, you know, these days, I don't think there's very nah. much banned by the FCC anymore. It, very, it is very much in the blood, sweat, and tears style. I, and I, wonder, I wonder how many of George Carlin's seven words you can't say that you can now say. Uh, probably half. I, I, let's, not, let's, not, half? let's not test that. Okay, no, uh, we, not. we can test that when we get to uh, the, the commandment on the name of God and cursing, swearing using witchcraft, lying, deceiving, etc., and uh, what what swearing doesn't mean in that commandment. But uh, <laughs> we'll save that. Sure. Um, but really, uh, the, the song, Get High, do you think it was about drugs, Craig? Yes. You know, so, sometimes the meaning of a song is, is, uh, is hidden. You know, no. like, like the Beatles, like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, everybody said was about LSD. I think it was written about peanuts, and Lucy was on a flight, uh, m- much much like uh, uh, why can't I think of the dog's name all of a sudden? Was the dog Snoopy? Name about Snoopy, gosh! Well, then- Snoopy was always fighting the Red Baron. I think Lucy went on a flight with Snoopy and was wearing some diamond. The, then, then think. there was this spiritual. <laughs> Jesus, one toke over the line. Sitting downtown in a railway station, one toke over the line. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> Lawrence Welk, what were they thinking? What were they? Who who vetted who vetted that song is really what I want to know. So well, it's um, a spiritual. It's a spiritual. Uh, and the reason, of course, we're occupied about this is not just uh, Paul's letter to us, but also some uh, headline news on uh, the legalization of marijuana, etc., which we will get to. I got another letter though. I want to hit first. Okay. So okay. Uh, Tim writes, "Dear GWs, I have come to be ambivalent, ambivalent, ambivalent towards sanctity of human."
Human Life Sunday. Mm. Our church's order of service was entitled, quote, A Memorial Service to the Victims of Abortion. Hmm. The gospel was the massacre of the innocents. Uh, uh, this is the gospel of the Lord, question mark. It is for the Feast of the Holy Innocents, December, what is that, 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there. This same scripture was the concluding response right before the benediction as well. The liturgy walked through the different vocations and callings of the victims of abortion, a litany of remembrance. Near its conclusion, this litany recounts the tragedy, quote, of all individuals for whom Christ died who would never be able to hear of his precious love. A rite of hope and comfort was also included, presumably as gospel comfort to the heavy-duty law that had preceded it. He continues, I'm not untouched by the Holocaust of abortion. I share the pews with people who have made the choice. I have friends and family who have been directly affected. But Life Sunday typically appears to be a heavy dose of law without a commensurate gospel response. I try to put myself in the shoes of the person who has had the abortion, and it seems like the service becomes a reminder of a very bad choice. I support the stand for life that the LCMS has taken. Perhaps life issues should remain part of our ethos throughout the year and not necessarily be loaded wholesale into a single service. I also question whether this one subject is proper divine service material in a liturgical sense. Your thoughts? Question mark. Wow. Um, I always tended not to do these kinds of Sundays, LWML Sunday, Life Sunday, uh, wash your car Sunday, whatever it happened to be, uh, simply because of these problems. I attended a LWML Sunday service whenever LWML Sunday was recently, and it was the LWML pledge, the LWML hymn, the LW. The sermon was about LWML. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get mail now, Craig. I don't care if it's not about Jesus. I don't want to hear it. Send your send your uh, email to Godwhispers at gmail dot com. Godwhispers at gmail dot com. I'm I'm bracing what, myself. What I will do in these situations, though, is I will pray for these things in the prayers of the church. I, I will pray for the for those who have had abortions, those who are contemplating abortions. I will pray for the end of abortions in the prayers of the church. And it may actually come up in the sermon in passing, but uh, I don't know about, you know, the LWML collect or the uh, end abortion collect and all that that's separate from everything else that preempts the gospels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't do any, any. Uh, theme Sunday other than the liturgical calendar. And and even then sometimes uh, the Sunday would prevail over even a minor feast or festival day if it if it sure. just doesn't if it just doesn't rise to the occasion. Um you know this past Sunday was was uh, February 2nd would have been the um the presentation of our Lord uh which I think is is worth displacing the Sunday for. Uh, although that's that's a that's a, a feast day, so it's it's following a date, February second, rather than the Sundays after Epiphany, things like that. Um I'm concerned and I, I share this I share a pastoral concern is uh, I heard a speaker once, uh, a woman who had had multiple abortions. Uh mm. she's a very powerful speaker on the pro life issue. Uh, and and I was and she spoke to a bunch of uh, pastors. You might have been in the room actually. I, this was back when you were in, in my district in the Pacific Southwest district. Uh, very eloquent speaker, and she was speaking to pastors as a woman, uh, and as one who is staunchly pro-life, and as one who has experienced uh, abortion in her own life. And and she reminded us that there are two victims in abortion. There there is the the the, the child who was killed. 
and there is the mother. Uh, uh, some, sometimes the father is victimized also. And right, right. Done, you know, against him at, at times also. But she was pleading for proper pastoral care, proper law gospel, particularly gospel uh, care for uh, the mother who is deeply burdened with shame, guilt, uh, nightmares. I mean, uh, she described very eloquently just, just the, 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 the literal hell uh, that she uh, lived through for years uh, in denial of, of you know, what, what she had done and what had happened. And still, even under the healing of uh, Christ's blood, um, the, the burden that, that she carries. Um, and, and so, you know, if you have a, a Sunday on your church's calendar that says, you know, Sanctity of Life Sunday, uh, if I'm that woman, I'm staying home. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just I, I'm staying home because I, I know what's coming. And and uh, I think the other problem is a problem of what I would call centrality or focus. Uh, the centrality of the divine service is on Christ and him crucified. Uh, not our sin, not the ills of society, not the tragedies, not the innocent victims and, and all of this other stuff. The, the, the focus is on Christ and him crucified. Even that reading of the, the, the babies of Bethlehem that were killed by Herod to protect his throne is about Christ. Right. Because, see, Christ gets off. He, he, he gets whisked away to Egypt. He gets spared. His father has a dream, or Joseph, you know, it, uh, has a dream to get the kid out of Bethlehem because Herod's going to kill him. But none of the other fathers in Bethlehem got similar dreams, did they? That doesn't seem fair. It's un, It's really unfair, and and by our our measures of justice, it's unjust. But you know, th- this is the one child that had to be saved, so he could die another day to save them all. And and so yeah, you know, I like to say that. Well, that's that's the day that the baby boys of Bethlehem uh, gave their life to save Jesus, so that uh, one day, thirty years later, he could die to save them. And and uh, so it's but it's about Christ. It's it's and and anything else that you import into that is really going to deflect from Christ. Uh, certainly in the public square and amongst ourselves, we have a lot to say about the sacredness of life and uh, the the great the, the the great you know sin that's committed when life is ripped from the womb of a mother uh, and all of that. But I think to devote a Sunday to what. It, it tries to be positive, the sanctity of human life, but it is really uh, a focus on this taking of human life. And, and so it's, it's really, it becomes a Sunday devoted or focused on a particular sin. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about this as you were talking. Why don't we have Gluttony Sunday or uh, Stealing Sunday or Gossip Sunday? Well, no, no, in, in, in terms you have to put it positive. So it would be the, the, the anti-gossip the, the Sunday, the sanctity of food Sunday, the sanctity of drink ah, Sunday, the sanctity of marijuana Sunday. But, uh, you know. <laughs> now, in California, that may actually take take root. Well, actually, Sanctity of Marijuana Sunday would, would kind of verge more on the Rastafarian, uh, <laughs> right. you know, and, and then, then we could all sort of play Bob Marley tunes and, <laughs> and just kind of chill, you know, so, um, but, but you know, the, the whole idea is that, that everything in God's, uh, that, that God has created is good, and, and in a sense, uh, now, you know, human life is, is sacred in the sense of human life is set apart, indeed, from all other life. 
you know, Genesis tells us as much. Though we biologically may be like animals, we are different from and distinct from the animals, and and uh, we are uniquely in the image of God, and and therefore, even our reproduction, our reproductive biology, is set apart in a different way. I, there's great stuff to talk about, but. I think to make it a focus of a Sunday is really to draw attention away from Christ and him crucified, even if you try to import Christ and him crucified back into the Sunday. That's yes. gonna, that, I know that some people yeah. are going to be very upset about that because um, that's the problem. When you take up a righteous cause, whatever that cause is, uh, that is not the righteousness that avails before God. We've got to remember that. You know, God doesn't love us because we're pro-life. God doesn't love us because we're anti-gay marriage or any of these other causes. Uh, uh, God doesn't love us because we're against the legalization of marijuana or for the legalization of marijuana. Uh, He loves us in Christ because of the death and resurrection of Jesus and the divine service is there to deliver that. And that has a remarkable way with us. Right, right. we're going to take a break in about four, four and a half minutes here. But during the break, Bill, I would like you to contemplate what hymns would you pick for the sanctity of marijuana? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> one toke over the line, well, there's Jesus, one. one toke over the line. We could do that as the processional and the recessional, I think. That's... <laughs> This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. And you got to admit, that's really the problem here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But uh, no, I appreciate Tim's Tim's, um, concern there. I I think you and I share it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every pastor in his congregation has to make decisions based on the condition of his congregation, the people who are gathered there and the people who are potentially going to be gathered there in terms of how uh, we preach law and gospel, the right use, the wrong use, the misuse, the idolatrous use of God's gifts and, and how the death and resurrection of Christ uh, impacts that, you know, how we as the baptized people of God have come into a new identity, a new life, uh, literally a, a new creation uh, in Christ, and that there is healing uh, for all in Christ. And that includes the, the woman who has had one or more abortions, whether by her choice or forced upon her or whatever the circumstances, that, uh, the, that the, the shame, the guilt, the burden, the doubt, everything that goes with it uh, is all absorbed uh, by uh, Christ who in his death took it all to the grave for us. Let me say this also, that uh, I think that you could do things like LWML Sunday or these Sundays and have a strong gospel emphasis, uh, one that isn't all praise to this group or that group for the wonderful work that they do, but instead all praise to Christ Jesus and that he has given us this wonderful work to do. Um, So, you know, I I think that there is room for this sort of thing where you could mention these things in a sermon without it just becoming either a browbeating on pro-life day or a, uh, you know, a a festival toward people on some other missions type day or something. Yeah, also the prayer of the church. You know, in our church, we pray every single Sunday 
in general for the unborn and the mothers who carry them. That's a general blanket prayer for every uh, child in the womb and the mother that carries him or her. Uh, And then for the litany of names of the women we know personally who are carrying children, um, that they would be kept in safety through childbirth. Uh, and in kind of in that prayer, then uh, comes the birthdays. You, know, you got to pray for people on their birthdays. So, so the the sentence is, and for all who rejoice in the sacred gift of life on the occasion of their birth. Um, and I think you could do this with a lot of these special emphases. Is include them in the prayer of the church, right? And uh, which is where they belong. The the emphases we're we're here as priests interceding on on behalf of the world. And so these special emphases, uh, in part, shape the prayers of the church. I think that's a good idea. But things like Mother's Day and these other days. Same thing up, with Mom's Day and Dad's Day. Say it in the prayers. It, you that, know? Yeah, to thank God for the mothers who bore us, for the fathers who protected and provided for us, uh, for Holy Mother Church who uh, birthed us through the water of baptism, for the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, the instrument of the incarnation. There's lots of things one can pray about, but I don't think you need special readings and a sermon and a litany and, and everything else. It, it sort of takes over from... Christ and him crucified. We've got to take a break. We'll be back with more talk about pot and other things when we come back on the backside of this. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. <laughs> that was Jack Black, <laughs> Marijuanaville. That is one funny <laughs> song. Actually, he, is, uh, he does he does good parodies of a lot of he songs. Does. I mean, he really he does. is funny, funny, guy. funny and talented. But uh, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> now if you're listening out there and you think we're just kind of we're, we're advocating for marijuana or something like that, just just stay tuned. No, we're going to approach this with a pastoral just look. no. Okay, we're just no. having fun here, but uh, you know, it's it's okay to have fun and be a Lutheran. It's, no. It really is. It is. Right. Uh, You know, before we get to that, Craig, I think it's time for 40 Questions for Craig, a Uh new feature on the God Whispers. Oh, no. Uh, These are questions that some uh, very, uh, somebody who thought himself smart, (laughs) which is a little bit, uh, uh, he he considers these 40 questions difficult uh, uh, questions. Your pastor doesn't want to be asked. No, to ask a Christian. This is from an atheist perspective. So this is, this is, this is your, put, put your apologetics hat on here. Okay. And, and this is this is this is designed not to trap Christians so much as to get them to think about what they believe. Do, so the author says. Do we have any kind of uh, uh, theme music for this? Let me see. Uh, well, well, uh, oh, this will work. Yes, this will work. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, go ahead. 40 questions for Craig. Uh, this having to do with the communication with God or how yes. God communicates. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to ask you basically a cluster of four questions here, and you can, you can kind of answer them all. You can kind of whatever you do. So, um, Craig, how yeah. can you tell the voice of God from a voice in your head? Well, actually, let, let me ask you that one first, because that's a good question. How can you tell the voice of God from a voice in your head? The voice of God would come from the Bible or be in full agreement with what Scripture says. The voice in my head says, smack Bill in the face. <laughs> well, in regard to that, then, um, if God told you to smack Bill in the face, would you do it? If it is in line with Scripture. Now, now let's look at it this way. Uh Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, slapped Arius across the head when he was being a flaming heretical idiot. Mm-hmm. Was that so, a godly thing? I don't know, but it is a good story. So if God told you to slap a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness, would you? If it was God telling me to do this from the Word of God, which I've never seen in the Word of God anywhere, I would verify it through the Scriptures and then slap the Jehovah's Witness. So, but you would have to find if, if it if it were verifiable through the scriptures. You're, you're telling me you'd have to find a a an explicit passage in the scriptures that would say that you, Craig, should slap a Jehovah's Witness or an Arian or an Arian in general. Okay, as they are kind of. So, Aryan, so how could you tell the voice of God from the voice of the devil? Seeing as how the devil masquerades as an angel of light. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Um, let me, let me go one step further on this. I would know the voice of God from the voice of the devil, once again, through the scriptures, but in its proper context. So, uh, I wouldn't, uh, you, you were awesome to pinch hit on the Bible study with me earlier today before we recorded this. And, and we were talking about how it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. And, and so this is kind of where we are. As far as I am constrained by the Word of God, and so basically I, I'm I'm stuck there. But but the, the Word of God tells me to do and not to do things that are contrary to my sinful nature. In the in the Word of God, um, yes. Abraham was commanded by God to sacrifice his son. Right. So would you then, if you heard a voice from God in your head, say to sacrifice your son, and you can find a precedent for that in the Bible? Would you? No. Why not? Because God would have to come to me in a flaming vision of some sort. Well, do how, how, now, do you, how do you know the flaming vision isn't the devil? Um, that's a really good question now, isn't it? Maybe this guy had something here. Uh, would you find it easier to kill someone if you believed God supported you in the act? If I believed that God supported me in the act. Right, so you knew God wanted you to kill that person. The- <laughs> Um, the, you know, this, this can go off in all sorts of different directions with yeah. a just war and an unjust war and, and a lot of different things that we could talk about with this. Uh, if What if my vocation is as executioner? That's right. And, and this is or a, a soldier vocation. Or, or a soldier in war. Right. Now, just because somebody happens to be in line in front of me in Walmart and some crazy voice in my head says, kill that guy, uh, that's an opportunity to go visit a, a psychiatrist, not to kill the guy. Uh-huh. So what about, that? what about that guy who uh, shot the abortion doctor in church? Oh, see, that's a really good question. No. Just, Just no. no. Just no. no. That wasn't his call. That wasn't his vocation. God did not establish him to go around killing abortion doctors. It's against the law, and it's also uh, not what we are called to in the Word of God. 
See, I, I tend to be very skeptical of a voices in my head, which I don't yes. have a lot. I have a lot of music in my head, but I don't have a lot of voices, okay, uh, or dreams or visions or anything. I'm, I'm a very skeptical person I in do. that the, regard. The voices in my head are usually saying, you really need to lose weight. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the, no, that's the voice <laughs> of your doctor, okay? There's a big difference. Yeah, but see, it's been drummed in my head enough. Yeah, well, see, yeah. there it is. Uh, but I, I think, um, you know, when John says, test the spirits to see if they are from God, uh, what are you supposed to test? How do you test the spirits? By the I, word. I Yeah, but what of the word? I mean, there's all kinds of things in the word. There's things like, like you know, don't double crop or wear blended fabrics, you know? So what are you, you going to do with that? Um, here's, the, here's, I think, the, the Lutheran litmus test. Anything that does not proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified for the justification of the sinner or that flows directly from that, by no more than I would say one leap of logic is to be taken with a grain of salt. I'll go with that. You know, and, and that's why Lutherans among Christians are not only biblical, but they're Christ-centered. It's both and. It's not that it's just in the Bible, Although, yeah, that's important because if it's contrary to the scriptures, then you know it's not of God. But we're also Christ-centered. And so if it doesn't have Christ in the center, so, you know, how do I know not to, not to kill my neighbor? Because Christ says to love my neighbor. Christ says to bless those who persecute me, to, to, to even turn the other cheek to one who slaps me, speaking of slapping people. So if the Jehovah's Witness slaps me, I'm supposed to present the other cheek to him, too. <laughs> uh, apparently, yes. <laughs> I know you don't like that, but that's, that's, that's the way that goes. So, But I, I think the external word, what did Luther say? Is, is in small called articles, anything that does not come uh, to us by way of the external word is of the devil, even if it sounds religious. Well, yeah, and, and we we're talking earlier today about gnosticism this sort of thing and this immediate knowledge apart from the word uh and and we can't trust that we we just can't trust anything that is a part or contrary to the word and i like where you went one step further if it's not proclaiming the gospel yeah, it's probably not worth a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, one of our teachers always said that any spirit that does not proclaim jesus is not the holy spirit no matter how religious he sounds Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. There you are. See? So it just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, do we want to uh, uh, light up this issue of marijuana and legaliz <laughs> the yes, legalization of it? Um, I believe so. Let's go for it. This, this comes to us from the Huffington Post. Uh, kind of a... You know, I, somehow that's an appropriate name, the Huff Post uh, on religion. Marijuana... The Huffington Post? Not sinful, but Christians divided on pot legalization. A poll, yes. a poll, no less, of, uh, of American opinions. You know, uh, the legalization of marijuana is kind of, it's, it's the latest sort of wave of legalization that, that's kind of, right. you know. Yeah. Um, we're in kind of no man's land in California. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of legal, but not really, but sort of, you know, legal for medical purposes, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, uh, whereas Colorado and Washington are far more full-on just legal well in california honestly 
you can pretty much get that prescription for a hangnail. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it, it, that's right. You the, go to the right doctor. Well, and the say, doctor is right next door to the dispensary, writing <laughs> out. Right. That's always my joke with my doctor. You know, I, I've come, I've, I've got a little sore throat, maybe you know, or like an earache, and it's like, uh, do you think I could get medical marijuana prescription for this? And he just looks at me, and says, "Shut up." I had a parishioner with glaucoma. He came in, he was all excited. I get to smoke pot, and then he came back later and said, "Those stupid." Eye drops work too well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something about sad. that. Um, uh, but a, but a recent poll conducted last April uh, I- indicates that one in four Americans, twenty three percent, believe using marijuana is a sin. All right, uh, one in three say that the new liberalized laws are signs of moral decline in America. Uh, this poll is conducted by the Public Religion Institute uh, in partnership with Religion News Service, which we're always quoting. Right. Uh, and then, then there's a breakdown. The breakdown's kind of funny, actually. Uh, let's see if I can find this here. Um, oh, where Three is that? Three and ten white evangelicals? Is that the one? Yeah, I can't. Do you have to? Oh, here it is. Yeah, well, you got it in front of you. What, what, yeah, what's, what's, what's the breakdown? Less than three in ten white evangelicals, or 29%, favor the legalization of pot compared with 40% of Catholics, 40% of minority Christians, and 49% of mainline Protestants. There you go. So if you want to strike a dube, you know, uh, hang out with the mainline Protestants or the Catholics. Don't, don't, the, the white evangelicals are a buzzkill on this issue. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> well, what, what do you attribute that to? I, I have a theory on this. Well, go I'm ahead. Fight you. No, you, you were, you were once a white evangelical. Well, <laughs> so I, I would inform us. I would attribute this to the fact that most of, uh, Christendom, I will say, not even just evangelicalism, has broken down to moralisms, and and so it's it's the preaching of moral uh, structures and that sort of thing that would say you know uh, one in ten evangelicals or or rather twenty nine percent evangelicals would be okay with legalizing pot, and I would say out of that one uh, three in ten. That a lot of those would say, well, maybe it should be legal, but I'll never do it, kind of right. thing, or you right, know, that right, sort right, of thing. right, right, right. Um, but because the pastors are preaching moralisms from the pulpit more than the forgiveness of sins, and let's face it, in a lot of these churches, we will never even confess that we're sinners because that's the old Adam. I am now the new man, and I don't sin anymore. So I, I think that it's just this confusion of law and gospel, this confusion of sin and grace, and the 10 steps to a more moral life, 10 steps toward this and yeah. the other thing. I think, I think there may be another factor at work, too, is evangelicals of all are probably more likely to use the tools of the state to basically um, mm. get, get sort, sort of whatever their view of what is moral and upright. Because you know, they, they believe that, that um, you know, the nation that behaves right is going to be in good with God. And so, you know, the, so, and you hear this all the time. Although I understand that Pat Robertson's for the legalization of marijuana. It's the first time that guy's made sense in a long time. But, but, uh, <laughs> um, which could go figure, you know, I mean, everything else, uh, God's visiting his wrath on America. But, you know, hey, you know, spark a dube. What, what can I say? Uh, but I think the, the idea is that because if you believe it's a sin, therefore it must be, ille- it must be made illegal. See, there, mm-hmm. there's that move from church to state, um, you know, or from eternal to temporal kingdom or, uh, you know, from what is a, a moral principle to what is a legislative principle. Not everything that is a sin 
is illegal. Right. And not everything that's legal is you know is good is not sinful uh, so it it's this is the, the the two are kind of disconnected i lutherans have kind of a different view toward uh what can be accomplished in the state um and so this is really about the legalization uh there i mean there are two issues what do you think of the legalization of marijuana or drugs in general and what do you think and and do you think it's sinful do you think use of these things is sinful uh, and I think those are separate questions. Just because something is sinful doesn't mean it's a good thing to make it illegal, necessarily. I can't help but to wonder what percentage of these people, uh, of the three in ten of evangel- white evangelicals, would also be in favor of reinstituting alcohol prohibition and uh, getting rid of smoking altogether. Well, you know, that, exactly. That sort of but, but that's and, the thing is prohibition is kind of the prohibition movement of the 19th century is kind of that's the flagship of all of this. I mean, I, that gave rise. That was that that hitched its wagon to revivalism. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and the whole the whole core of evangelicalism that you, we're going to transform the society. We're going to fix the ills of the state. We're going to make the world a better place to live, uh, rather than recognizing that the world is fallen. Uh, that that our use of God's good gifts and marijuana is a good gift from God. God created it. You can't say it's bad in and of itself or it's evil in and of itself. Now, you know how you use it is another story, but but uh, or, or alcohol for that matter. But you know what do they do in prohibition? Demon rum, demon <laughs> right. rum. You know, and and I like rum. Personally. And, and, you know, personally. and and you had the rise of these groups like the the Christian Women's Temperance Movement. You know, because their men were too weak to uh, deal with it themselves and. And, and so it, it, it gives rise to all sorts of bad things, both in the church and, and in the state. And I think prohibition is, there's a lasting testimony in our constitution to the bad idea. All it did was fuel organized crime. It, made the, it gave the mafia something to do besides pros- prostitution. I always like to point out that just because something can be abused, it doesn't prove that it's a bad in and of itself. Well, nor does abuse. The misuse misuse of something does not prove that that thing in and of itself is not useful. Yeah, that's a a principle of Augustine, uh, that misuse does not negate right use. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so it's like, you know, that song that we played in fun in the beginning, Get High. Um, that would not constitute a right use of of the marijuana plant. Um, however, it it obviously has some medical properties worth studying, and and worth exploiting. I, I and I've known personally people who suffer from deep chronic pain, mm-hmm. uh, for whom the the over the counter prescriptive stuff is is uh, has far worse side effects than than marijuana does. Uh, or people on chemotherapy who are wasting away because they're sick, they can't eat. Um, you know, these these kinds of things. Most uh, prescription drugs as painkillers are these are these are uh, addictive opiates. You know, God made the poppy plant. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, when I was in pain, uh, you know, uh, in the emergency room, that Demerol shot was one gift from God, right there. You know. <laughs> you bet. Now, if if that's if that becomes the, my daily pattern way of life, then there's another problem kicking in. But it's not in the thing; it's in the use. I think we have to really make that distinction. The gift is good, but sin misuses the gift. I also think that there's a lot of disconnect in our culture, uh, and and I'm going to throw this out a couple different ways. 
One is that of these people, I'm willing to wager that more people are against smoking cigarettes than pot, which, which is really weird because both of them go into your lungs. Both of them, uh, you know, can be carcinogenic. Well, the rest. The, the, yeah, the, the, pro, uh, the problem, the flip side is that smoking a cigarette does not impair your judgment. Uh, That's if, true. if anything, it's, you know, is from I, I've, I've never smoked cigarettes. I don't know. I mean, I've smoked cigars and, you know, a nicotine buzz heightens your awareness. It's like a cup of coffee and, you know, a cup of coffee and a cigarette for some people is a way to, you know, get working. Um, but it doesn't impair your judgment. I, I think the real danger, and that's why the Bible and, and Jesus himself in, in Luke, he warns against being weighed down by dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life in view of the eschaton. Uh, we're supposed to be watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to be standing guard. We're on sentry duty, as as uh, John Kleinig says. And, uh, you know, I've not served in the military, but I have a reasonable suspicion that if you're on sentry duty and you're drunk or high— uh, you got a peck of trouble on your hands. Yeah, that's that's not going to go well for no, you. No, the court martial will be ugly in the end. But <laughs> but we're we're there. We're supposed to be sober and vigilant in prayer, with an eye out toward the end, and with uh, with interceding for our neighbor. And and yet that's hard. That, that's the big problem, I think, with anything that impairs judgment, is you can't pray. And and you've you've kind of you're you're you've wandered from your 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 vigilance as as your century duty. And and so then my other one where there's a disconnect is, uh, I heard a physician who was involved with studies on this uh, speaking once, and it was really interesting how he was pointing out that alcohol is actually much more toxic to the human system than marijuana is, and and he points out this that uh, you can grab a quart or a half gallon of booze, drink it, and die. Uh, but with marijuana, you tend to go to sleep before you could ever reach a critical mass. Uh, and so overdoses of marijuana are few and far between and maybe even unheard of altogether as far as uh, long-lasting, toxic, uh, will put you in a in a coma kind of thing yeah i mean that that's looking at um you know intrinsic consequences I, i'm not sure we make all of our moral uh ethical the uh, judgments based simply on uh you know the intrinsic consequences of of these things uh, but I, i'm just saying with that that you know if if people are saying oh marijuana is bad because it's so toxic to you it makes you stupid and all the rest mm. yeah it probably does especially for people that are of a certain age and still developing but the the matter of the fact is if you say that and then you go home and have your martini or a bottle of beer or something what you're ingesting is probably every bit as bad for you if not worse can than- be than the cannabis can be, yeah, no, that, that, I I would agree with that. Yeah, the the legalization question is really a question of good good for society as a whole, uh, and I tend to be fairly libertarian on these things. That's a political opinion, but but mm-hmm. you know the idea is what you do. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned about so long as it doesn't impinge on what I do. You know, in other words, your liberty stops where my liberty begins, and we have Indeed. to have a common in- agreement. I'm really big on if you're going to get in a car and drive with impaired judgment, uh, you ought to be taken off the road for a good long time. Maybe, I like the way the Germans do that. Oh, it's gosh. Just, uh, we'll be taking your license now and yes. enjoy the bus. That's right. That's right. That's I, I mean, it. I have German relatives, and they like their beer, okay? Uh, but I'll tell you, they, w- they won't they – won't, 
even drink a six ouncer and get in the car. Yeah, they know the consequences. Because, because yeah. yeah, well, you know how Germans drive. That's high-performance driving out there. The, oh, yeah. the, this is like yeah, Formula yeah. One racing. And, uh, and so, you know, they appreciate the, the skill. <laughs> and when you drive on the Autobahn, you need skill and, and a good car. Uh, but but they, they appreciate that you can't have impaired judgment. You're endangering yourself, your passengers, your fellow drivers. Right. And the consequences are heavy. Uh, and and so I think it's it's not so much what you do. Now that's that's I'm talking just general society in the church. I think we hold ourselves to another standard. We are, as John Kleinig says, on sentry duty. We're doing spiritual warfare. Uh, that that call, the end times call to be sober and vigilant, is is a genuine call to be on the alert. And uh, you know, to be dull is to basically be you know. Act like you're off duty. Now, <laughs> I haven't heard any voice in my head that says I'm off duty right now, you know, and th- that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something as Christians, but that's an, that's an inside conversation. Right, right. That's an inside. So, uh, not, not using the legislature, not using the courts, not using the government apparatus to make everybody else conform to that because they don't get it. They have to first get it. They have to see themselves in a different light first. Now, I'm thinking just as a capitalist, would it be wrong for me to invest in a Papa John's pizza and then advertise on the little bottles of marijuana that people buy? <laughs> would, would that be wrong? I'll, I'll tell you, legalization of marijuana is going to be a boon for uh, you know Doritos and, and, <laughs> and uh, White Castle hamburgers. I'm telling you that, wow, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, stoner food is just really, really right up there. But <laughs> as a capitalist, you know, the, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, put a little, uh, you know, we deliver kind of thing and, uh, you go home, do your business, and give us a call. We'll we'll make a few bucks. It's all good. I, I think the upshot. Getting back to the article and articles like it, I've seen several of them cruise by on on the internet. Is don't assume that because somebody is for the legalization of something that they approve of it as an activity, right. uh, because these are separate issues. You're looking at things like. Um, is the war on drugs worth the cost at, at a number of levels? Just, just like prohibition fueled the mafia, uh, the war on drugs is fueling drug cartels in South America and Mexico. Uh, it basically puts a lot of hands in the a lot of, lot of money, a lot of power in the hands of the criminal element. Because right, and if you could tax it and actually use the tax money for schools. That are always yeah. I'm, I'm never I'm never big on that. I'm never big on that argument. Uh, the the well, argument I'm, that's that's the redirect. Well, it's a bad activity, but hey, it benefits the schools. <laughs> you know? I'm just going the William F. Buckley Jr. route on this one. That <laughs> oh, is that chick. is that a Buckley argument? Yeah, yeah. Buckley was big on that one. <laughs> Actually, I you know I'm not a fan of taxes in general. See, I don't understand the government's stand on alcohol and cigarettes. If cigarettes are bad for you and it's costing society bazillions because people are smoking themselves to death, why? Ta- you know why profit from it by taxing it? You know, in other, in other words, it should just be like steeply illegal, and and just simply owning a cigarette ought to land you like twenty years in jail. Well, but but yeah, they don't want a... people to quit smoking. They want people to pay more. They just want to tax people who smoke. That's well, all. Yeah, if if people stop smoking, then what would they do for money? See, you, you know, know so that's that same more that same faulty moral reasoning uh, gets you the, the the justification for lotteries, state lotteries, and so the money goes to the schools. You know, it's it's. State-sponsored gambling is what it is. Well, we're pretty much out of time. Oh, that was fun. 
Go home, stay sober. Stay and vigilant. <laughs> we'll be back next time on The God Whispers. Thanks for joining us. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Agreed. Then he cried. Have you ever had a checkup? Shake it back! Good night.